0: Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at www.rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Today we welcome preacher Lemoyne Horner, preacher at Arnold's Creek Christian Church in Tyler County, West Virginia, and Antioch Christian Church in Proctor, West Virginia. Two churches, brother, two churches. And if you don't mind this observation, you're 82 years old and you're preaching for two churches. I'm ready to hear what you have to say, my friend. So brother Lemoyne, tell us your story.
1: Well, I don't know where to begin. I was very young when I was born.
0: <laughs> that's the best place to start. Yeah, place to start. <laughs> when you're young and when you're born.
1: Uh, growing up, uh, I didn't attend church much. Uh, my uh, grandf- my great-grandfather was a uh, disciple preacher, a uh, Church of Christ preacher. Uh, I guess they turned into White, uh, whatever you want to call them in this area. Right. And, uh, But I never met him. Uh, but my grandpa was really uh, religious in his uh, life and he always attended church wherever he was. Uh, when I knew him, he was uh, just staying with different members of the family. And so when he was at our house, he went to church, I went to church with him. and uh, That my, was your
0: grandfather.
1: That was my grandfather. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot from my grandfather. And, and uh, I learned, I guess, how to behave and everything. And just like, I don't, I don't even drink coffee because mm-hmm. he never drank coffee. And
0: Grandfathers so, can have that kind of good influence on their absolutely, ag- yeah.
1: And uh, my uh, my parents didn't go to church because, of course, my dad was a Church of Christ, grew up Church of Christ. Mom didn't grow up anything, uh, but thankfully uh, she met the Lord before she passed. She she came uh-huh. to the church, was baptized and her dad went to church the last several years of their uh, lives, and they lived, a dad was 98 and mom was 95, so they lived good uh, long lives. I, I'll never make that myself.
0: Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But anyhow, when I was uh, a kid would go to church at uh, Christian Church in Proctor, Virginia, which it's a disciple church now I mean back then you could
0: there wouldn't any, any difference really yeah. yeah
1: and there was a evangelist that came up from Kentucky but the name of Sam Jones and oh. Sam Jones was what I call the last of the fire and brimstone preachers I mean he could preach and he could make you feel the heat. Yes, I have books
0: by Sam Jones. Do you? I sure do. And you're right. Just reading them, you feel the heat coming out of the books.
1: And uh, uh, KCC has his uh, recorded sermons. So, really? Yeah.
0: Can, uh, Kentucky uh, Christian right. University. Yeah, yeah. now
1: University. Was. Can you get
0: those online?
1: Do you know? Not that I know of. I don't. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But anyhow, uh, sometimes after being in church there. I was afraid to go to sleep. I mean, I was so scared. If I died, you know, I hadn't been baptized. And I was, if I died, I I knew where I was going. Right. And I was so scared. So anyhow, uh, but I never, I never uh, joined church there. uh, Probably because my dad was sort of like against it. He was, uh, he was, he wouldn't say he couldn't, but he would, say that he would rather you didn't go
0: there. Before the program, you and I were talking about my background. I'm just amazed listening to yours, how close it parallels mine.
1: Yeah. And anyhow, when when I met my wife, uh, she was a member of the Christian Church in DeMartinsville. And uh, so we got married in the Christian Church, and uh, I... Attended there, off and on, because I worked shift work. And uh, what kind of work did you do? Uh, laboratory work in an aluminum plant. I didn't know that. A uh, spectrographic lab. Okay. Uh, for for uh, several years, I worked with the spectrographs and quantometers, and, and then uh, the last 10, 15 years, I was finally got on straight day turns and I uh, was the uh, laboratory technician, so I kept all the instruments calibrated and running properly and so forth like that. So, uh, and I loved that job because you uh, got a lot of call-ins and a call-in pay was eight hours paid, plus your time work. And really? so it, it helped the paycheck quite a bit. Sure. So anyhow, uh, it was, um, you know, let me
0: back you up. What year did you get married?
1: 1961.
0: Oh, yeah, that came right off real fast. That's good. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I, um, well, I, and how I can remember that, too. It was the 17th of, uh, of June, and I was uh, 21 on the fourth day of June. And so Dad said I was only going to be my own boss for 13 days. <laughs> no <laughs> I turned twenty one and then I got married so so uh he uh, yeah, he would rather i didn't but he didn't I mean uh, it all worked out for, uh, God knew what he was doing when he put us together sure, and uh, anyhow it was it was still a few years before I joined the church uh, because of Racking my brain about which way to go, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I I was baptized in uh, nineteen sixty seven sixty six nineteen sixty six. Uh, I'd been sick and had to have surgery, and boy, I got thinking. Boy, if I had died during that surgery, i have been lost.
0: You remember you are recounting those Sam Jones revivals, weren't you?
1: That's right. Yeah. And so, I uh, confessed Christ. And I got baptized on Christmas Day, nineteen sixty-six. And it wasn't long after that until they made me a deacon, and I didn't even fulfill the deacon term. Though they made me an elder. In the in the mm-hmm. church in New Martinsville, and and before I became an elder, uh, there's one Sunday our minister had a heart attack on Sunday morning before church, and uh, so naturally he wasn't there. Right. And we just had nothing. Just nothing. Nothing. We had we had when it comes to sermon time, we had nothing. Right. And I thought, you know, if if a guy's going to be an elder in a church, he ought to be able to say a few words. should be able to say something. I and mean, yeah. we had several elders that are New Martinsville. And uh, so I think that might have been one thing that helped push me along. But then we got a uh, change in... Ministers, our minister had been there for several years, 20-some years, 30-some years, Uh, retired, and we got a new minister, and it just so happened that when he came uh, to minister at New Martinsville, I was on strike at the plant, and so I wasn't busy. And they said, since you're not busy, why don't you take him around to show him where everybody lives? He wanted to know where everybody lives so he could find their house. And so we spent several hours together and and, uh, after a day or two, he he got me. The army said, hey, he said, have you ever thought about being a preacher? Hmm. He said, you seem to have a knack with people was saying the right thing, and and I said, well, you know, I said it went over my head a few times, but no, I he said, I think you should, and uh, he said, let's take you up to Bethany and sign you up right now. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, I got I got four kids, <laughs> and, and uh, that's over my head. How am I how am going to do that? And he even went so far as he found me a church. They paid fifty dollars a week, and I could have it. That
0: that was that was pretty decent for back then, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it wasn't a lot because I I know it, that that was it wouldn't like, feed
1: four kids. Yes. No,
0: but that that was a decent help.
1: Yeah, a decent help. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, I didn't, and uh, he kept bugging me to preach, and I said, "Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet." And uh, one day. If he called me down there and he handed me the bolton. and this was one I think of Monday or Tuesday he made the Bolton out and he said look at that bolton. and it had my name down there <laughs> <laughs> he said I'm going on vacation this week and I told him you're going to preach for me and I said well if I have to I have to and at that time we were having two services of a morning and, and uh, so I had to I mean same at least it was the same uh, sermon. sermon yeah it was, uh, but had to do it twice and uh, the first time that I was in the pulpit and I come out the sweat was running out top my shoes I mean that's how wow how
0: I understand that I think every, everybody who's ever preached their first sermon understands that but
1: yeah, that's a lot brother. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I was, I was really sweating it. Yeah, I was sweating it. But a lot of them, I had a lot of good backers in the church, you know, that, uh, and, uh, my English teacher was a member of the congregation Oh. and I didn't take her speech class. She had speech classes, but I'd never taken speech. But, uh, she called Menadonum and she says, you know what made it a good sermon? She says, because it came from your heart. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I, uh, so it wasn't very many days after that, that uh, at that time, uh, this church, the Arnold Creek church, church, was being served by the elders in New Martinsville. The, this church had their minister that had been here for a long time retired, and by the way, there was eleven ministers came out of this church. Eleven, eleven ministers.
0: Timothy's from this church.
1: Yep. And uh, the minister that had been here; he'd been here a long time. And when he passed, they didn't know what to do. And someone said, "Well." New Martins is a strong church. Maybe they can help us. And uh, so four of the elders agreed to come out here and fill in every fourth Sunday. Right. So that went on for just a little while, and then they started dropping out. One dropped out, and then there was three. Then another one dropped out, and then there was two. Then another one dropped out, and there was only one left. Who would that be? Who, Who was, was left? It wasn't me. Oh, it wasn't you? No, I wasn't doing this yet. Oh, all right. And he's uh, a person named George Woody. He was an educator from uh, New Martinsville. He had been a football coach, basketball coach, a mathematics teacher, and then worked. worked in the uh, office for uh, the county for a few years. And... Uh, He was the only one, and so he was only coming every other Sunday. He didn't come every Sunday. And he came to me right before Easter, and he said, uh, how about going out and preaching for me at the Creek Street Church on Easter? He said, because my kids were coming home. His kids were growing and away. Uh... And they were making a home for Easter, and he said he would like for their whole church to go, their whole family to go together at the Martinsville Church for Easter. Right. And I could understand that. And I thought for a little while, and then I said, well, I don't want to go out there not knowing anything. I said, I'll only do it if I can go out with you one Sunday before. So, you know, his, his turnout, you would, Two weeks before, while well, I came out with him to see how they did things and learn a little bit about where the church was for one thing, and it's it's and not
0: an easy one. It's not even easy to find today in the day of GPS's, is that's it? That's right.
1: That's right. You got to know where you're going. Well,
0: I had my GPS on yesterday, and it didn't show any roads. It just showed a fuzzy picture and and, uh, right? and a, a little dot on there, but it wouldn't it wouldn't give me the my location. <laughs> uh, so
1: anyhow. I came out on Easter Sunday, and we had a a good meeting. We had uh, what say forty some people, and we had Easter egg hunt and everything. And uh, so uh, the very next week, the very next week, George had a heart attack, and he was in the uh, hospital and I went down to visit him and he said, Oh, he says, I'm really worried about the church. I said, You are? I said, yeah. he, said yeah. he said, Yeah, he said, I don't know who's gonna preach out there. He said, you know, I can't preach from the hospital bed. And I said, Well, I said to ease mainly said it to ease his nerves rather than anything else. <laughs> he didn't need to be upset having a sure. heart attack. And I said if you check with them, see if it's okay, I will go out for you till you feel better. Uh, well, guess what? He never did get to feel better. Oh. I mean, he did, but he never came back. Yeah. That's hurt. <laughs> and, and then later he uh, retired and moved to Florida, so he couldn't do it then. But anyhow, I came out then starting in... Uh, 71, I guess it was. What year is
0: this? This is 22.
1: 72 then, because I just had 50 years.
0: 50 years at Arnold's
1: Creek. At the same church. That's got to be a record. So I come out to preach one sermon, (laughs) and 50 years later, I'm still here.
0: You know, I I interviewed a fellow. I keep saying I'm going to get all my interviews down and bring them to these interviews with numbers, so I can tell people which one to go back and listen to, but a good friend down in Mississippi, he said on his 37th year, as for filling in down there, uh-huh. they gave him uh, a framed uh, certificate that said you're hired. <laughs> I've
1: never been hired yet.
0: You have not been hired yet, no, and no you've right. been here for over 50 That's here. probably why you've been able to stay 50 years, because yeah. so you've never been hired.
1: If they can't hire me, they can't fire me. That's right. <laughs> Uh, but anyhow, we was very blessed. They had a party for me uh, this past March uh, down at the Grange Hall. And there was between 75 and 100 people there. The Grange Hall was just packed. And one thing about that was my co-pastor at Arnold Creek, Don Hitchcock, when he walked in there, he was early because Antioch you know, gets out early. Right. And he uh, he said he walked in there and he told Wayne Mason, he said, we must be in our own place. He says, uh, all these tables set up. He says, LeMoyne doesn't have that many friends. <laughs> <laughs> we filled them. <laughs> we wow. filled them.
0: No, that was nice,
1: wasn't it? Oh, it was great. And, and they, uh, for 50 years service, they gave me a new Bible, $250 Bible. Wow, Wow. I'm almost afraid to carry it. (laughs) But since they bought it for me. Might just as well. Might just as well use it, yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, I hadn't been here too long, and one of our deacons passed away. And he was a man that was well-known in the community and all around. And uh, they asked me to do his funeral. And uh, your first funeral then. This was my very first funeral. I hardly knew what I was doing or what I was going to do or when I was going to do it, yes, sir. But and uh, probably the only one that was here today that was at that would be Sharon, because Sharon not our, our p- pianist, she sang. I, I remember that. That uh, she sang in a group that sang that day at his funeral. Yeah. And, uh, and Ralph McCutcheon, who's our elder emeritus uh, senior me- member of the church, he, he was there that day. But anyhow, like to say, this man was well known, and the church was just packed. And at that time, at that time, we didn't have these nice pews. We had three or four different kind of pews. Mm-hmm. Some of them were handmade. Ugh. That one in the back there, in the back, when you first the vestibule, right. one, one big board here, one big board up here.
0: Let me share with our listeners that we're sitting actually in this historic old building of... of uh, Arnold's Creek, and, and let me back up on this one. Arnold's Creek was established 1837 1837, one of the earliest uh, Christian churches, not the earliest, uh, you know, but there but very early on right. in, in what we call the restoration movement of America in the United States.
1: And so. the first building was a log building, yeah and uh, the second one, I think, was a frame building that sat down the road about a half a mile. And then in 1920, I think, uh, they built this building here. And, uh, it's
0: a beautiful old building yeah. in a beautiful setting, if yeah. you can find it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it floods. That's the worst problem. Yeah. Uh, the, one year, the flood was up to the gable in this. In this building? In this building. Oh, my God,
0: I didn't know that. I know you had a flood just recently with all these floods that were in, in Kentucky, West Virginia.
1: Well, I just got in the shelter over there. Across the and street. Since yeah. I've been here in the last fifty years, we had three foot in here, uh eighty-seven I believe was the year. It was a year mm-hmm. we had a lot of flooding over in, in the mountainous area of West Virginia. Yeah. But we had three foot of of, uh, of water in here and you know in, in one way it was a blessing. Because then those old pews which somebody's grandfather had made that we couldn't get rid of Mm -hmm. were now ruined and we can get rid of
0: them. Yeah.
1: And and so we lost all of our uh, hymnals and our pew bibles but we replaced those and we have, as you can see, we have nice... uh, Very nice. Very nice book and we got padded so... You can sleep better. (laughs)
0: Well, you know, and I, there was a study done. If you took every person who fell asleep on Sunday morning in church and put them into end, Uh they'd be a lot more comfortable. They'd probably (laughs) be. Well, it's a shame that we get so caught up in, in the worldly things, the, uh, the fixtures in the church building or the carpet or whatever, or, my grandmother or great grandmother donated that piano. You can't get rid of it, even though it's rotted. You it's gotta be you gotta set it in the corner of an old church building that you don't have room to put it there, but you had to put it there. I think of one church that has a, a an organ that nobody has played in years. They've been offered a quarter of a million dollars for it. Oh, wow. But they can't get rid of it because somebody's cousin or family member donated that mm. and the church actually needed the money uh very badly but they could not sell it for that reason right. so sometimes and it, people who don't who are not in ministry will not understand this but sometimes a good flood or a good fire can do a lot of good for God's
1: work absolutely right absolutely.
0: now we got off the funeral and you were going to tell us more about that funeral you had to be nervous being the first funeral in a packed house
1: oh man i was nervous in and, and a packed house and i got up in the pulpit and over on one side sat the church of Christ preacher and over on the other side sat the Catholic priest and little old me doing my first sermon. And I didn't have the attention, you know how the people murmur and talk and right. and everything. And there was a little bit of that going on and everything. And all of a sudden I said something like, death breaks the bounds of this eternal, this earthly life. And when I said breaks, one of the pews split right in two. Crack! Real loud. Oh. And they, of course, everyone in that row stood up. You know what row it was. Because they all jumped up. They thought it was going on the floor. But it didn't. But they got up and moved and stood around the walls or got some chairs or something, but they didn't get back in that pew.
0: Got everyone's attention though, didn't it?
1: I got their attention and I had them for the rest of the service. I had their attention, right? And uh, one other thing came out of that. There was a couple that sat in the last row, and they uh, uh, they wouldn't come to church when I was here. And uh, once in a while I would change weeks and throw them off and they'd be here. And after Sunday school, they'd get up and leave. And I mentioned something to somebody and they said, yeah, they, they don't like you, but it's not because of you. It's whenever they needed a minister, they wanted to get a student from KCC. And look how far we are from KCC. Yeah, And a little bit, they, that wouldn't have paid enough to to fill their gas tank, you know? That's right, yeah. And so that wasn't feasible, but yet they wanted that. And since they didn't get their way, then they objected to me. But after, and this gentleman that passed away was their relative. And so after that, they uh, thought that I wasn't that bad after all. And uh, a matter of fact, that uh, they insisted when they both passed away, I had their, both their funerals. And uh, one, <sighs> I forget which one passed first, but anyhow, when the second one passed, I was down in, in Philadelphia at a uh, union convention. And uh, they called and said they passed and would I do it. And I said, I'm down in Philadelphia. I said, can't you get somebody up, up there to do it? and the funeral director came back and says, no, they insist that you do it. And so I had to, and I didn't even have a car down there, so I had to ride a bus back. Oh and, dear. Yeah, oh. and get back and then, and then do that, that funeral. So,
0: so all the time you were preaching here, you were still working in another secular
1: yeah. job. I was working, uh, and for the first several years I was working shift work And that's why I only preached here every other week because uh, one week uh, I worked at the plant. And so, uh, two weeks I came here and the week off I went to New Martinsville with my wife, family. And then uh, when I got, well, that, like say, I started here in 72 and it was somewhere around 86, I'm not positive about the other church, Uh, somewhere around 86, Uh, they came, uh, the minister that was there passed away. That's
0: the Antioch Church in
1: Proctor. The Antioch Church out on the hill from Proctor Island 89. And they wanted to know if I would give them some help. And I said, well, I've only got one free Sunday, but I said, if you want, I'll, all come out, and I said, "Well, we want." So I went out there, and I was just going out there one Sunday because that's all I had free. And then uh, when I went on uh, straight day term, uh, they wanted me here full time, and Antioch wanted me there full time, and I said, "Well." You know, I, I couldn't, they've been so good to me out here that I couldn't quit. And uh, so I just went two and two, and that's what I've been doing until today. So now how
0: does that work? Every other Sunday. Just every other Sunday. Now, what about fifth Sundays?
1: It's every other Sunday. In the, oh, so it just doesn't matter yeah, when no, fifth no, Sunday comes. I, every so it might Sunday. be the first week. This month, and might be the second week next month or whatever.
0: That's why we have to be so careful when we're scheduling revivals to make sure Absolutely. we're at the right time. And we schedule so far out. that's Well, a, that,
1: this one didn't come out right either. So uh, you had to switch? Yeah, I was supposed to be at Proctor today. <sighs> and uh, several of them wanted me out here. And I, don't, I, mean, I, you know, I didn't do that much today. Uh, so I, I decided to go ahead and switch. Uh, Part of preaches here when I'm not here now. Okay. And, of course, Don Hitchcock preaches at Anna. Right. And. Uh, now,
0: how far uh, distance between the two churches?
1: Yeah. How, uh, how
0: far is that? It's about
1: 46 miles.
0: Is that as the crow flies or as you drive? No, uh, that's a, uh, the road. That's the road. Okay. because. Uh, there's a lot of places here you can't get to from someplace else. Well, no, you got to do no, three no. or four no. other places.
1: Absolutely. And
0: Absolutely. this is definitely one and this is the only church that we hold revivals for in our ministry that is just listed located in a county. We don't it, it doesn't give a town even some of the churches we go to are 10 miles from the town but it's the town but here it's just listed as Tyler County, West Virginia. And uh it's uh it it is out here way out here one of the things that 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 uh i love is just the people are just good people uh, we t- when i was here 5 years ago i preached about jesus and the men and women together wept as we talked about christ and his crucifixion yeah. and uh and these are strong people i mean right up the road you pass the house that has the sign that says says no trespassing. You'll be shot dead and buried deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, but good people, good people, and and they're honest with you too, like that. <laughs> to be honest with you, but uh, I I so look forward. I didn't realize it'd been five years until this morning. I thought yeah. it'd been three. But uh, so you've been another five. You, you've been thirty five years at Proctor approximately. If you Proxima. went in 87, 35 yeah, years, and 50 yeah. years here, uh, that's amazing. And and you live in Proctor.
1: Yeah, that's 40 miles from here.
0: Yeah, and the 40 miles, just again, for people who are listening, this is not like the plains of Kansas where 40 miles can be done in 30 minutes. It's, right. it's more like how long does it take to go 40 miles for you?
1: Depends on the day. I, I, <laughs> your,
0: your daughter's not in here. Go ahead and tell us how, how <laughs>
1: Uh, you, you usually about forty-five minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I followed you out of here that day. I know you know these roads no, a lot.
1: I didn't drive today. She did.
0: Uh, no, I know. I, but we follow, we you actually got behind you me. coming in.
1: That was her driving,
0: right. right? But going out yesterday after we set up, yeah. I, I I told Beth. I said he knows these roads a lot better than I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I
1: that's why I told Don. I said I don't know how fast to drive because I don't know where he can keep up. Her <laughs>
0: Well, you, you, uh, I was raised in the Ozarks, so I can do pretty well. But, but uh, you were moving along at a pretty good pace, there, brother. You sure <laughs> were. So that was your first funeral. Um, what about weddings? Did Did you start doing weddings then after you started coming here?
1: Yeah, I, I did one, and I'll, I'll tell you one that, that is very memorable. Uh, our furnace went out, and these people scheduled a December wedding. Mm. And uh, it had been scheduled for you know months, and uh, and when our furnace went out, and uh, it's the uh, the inner part of the, the furnace. Uh, I forget what to call it, but anyhow, uh, the uh, guy said uh, he thought a little bit about leaving it on for us for service, and he said, no, he said, if I do that, somebody gets overcome with the gas, they're gonna die, and then I'm gonna be on my conscience, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna walk it out. He said, no, you can't have it on. And we understood that. But it's a train furnace, and they've been good to replace them, but they come from uh, Texas, and so mm-hmm. to get the order in, and get it up here and then get the guy to install it, it's several days. Mm-hmm. So I called this couple and I said, uh, we uh, we uh, don't have any heat. And I said, uh, we're gonna have to move it, we can move it to the West Union Church. I said, they got heat and, we, and I'm sure I can get that church to have it. And uh, they said, no, that's uh, that's where we told everybody was going to get married, and that's where we're going to get married. And I said, well, you know it's going to be cold. And she said, well, tell everybody to leave their coats on. I said, oh, I will. Well, it was the shortest wedding I ever did. I think it was like eight or 10 minutes because everybody was freezing. It was uh, 34 degrees in here, mm. so. That's pretty cold to sit through a wedding.
0: That's where people walk out. It's the coldest church I ever went to in my That's life. That's right, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, uh, I they don't come here anymore. I don't. I lost them. I have not know uh, where they're at anymore. That couple. Uh,
0: but so uh, you've not been. You've been flooded one time up into the building since you've been here. Yeah. One time. Now the Proctor Church doesn't flood; it's up on a hilltop.
1: Is that- well, that, that yeah. If uh, if if Proctor floods, we're going to need another ark because it's up there.
0: Well, tell me about the Proctor Church. Uh, did they just ask you to fill in? Is that what happened? And then they,
1: bef- they came to me when uh, Reverend Slider died, and uh, and wanted to know if I'd preached for him some, and uh, I knew most of the people that went there anyhow. And uh, I said, well, yeah, I'd give them my one day a month. And uh, so I went out there and, and and filled in, and they were a lot different from this church. Uh, this church will let me do everything. They'll let me teach Sunday school, do communion, serve at the table, they would let me do everything. Right. Uh, At uh, the annual church, uh, I was only to preach.
0: So they had somebody to take care of those other
1: things. Yeah, yeah. Uh.
0: You know, some churches, the people are never trained or taught how to do those other things. So it's it's a good thing. And in some churches, you just don't have anybody. I fill in a church that that has one little boy and it's all women and and uh when I go there to fill in for them I do everything I probably pray four or five times during the service I do the communion meditation I serve the communion I do all of it because they feel like we've got a man here we want the man to do the to do that and that's fine with me I I respect that and that's that's good but uh when I'm not there it's just them and I think they just do if they don't have somebody else to fill in they, they do their own lessons and do everything else
1: yeah. we uh, at Antioch we had a, a boy that was a, I think he was only about 9 or 10 when I baptized him and the next Sunday he came up and he says ok I'm ready to serve <laughs> he was ready, ready to serve communion or whatever that needed done already and we have used him we have been to, down on the attendance that we've had to use him for a, a, a deacon and uh, yep as soon as he was baptized he was ready to serve
0: well you, do you think that working uh, being a tent maker preacher as we call them uh do you think that helped you to stay in in, in these two churches all these years
1: oh absolutely because uh, they didn't pay enough to to support you without the, uh, other income, and, uh, of course I told them when I came out I didn't want any money, but they insisted I take it, and, uh, and they've given me raises right along, which they gave me a raise last month or a month before, they're very, very, uh, this church is a very giving church, and if somebody needs something, they don't just give them twenty dollars or fifty dollars. It's most likely five hundred or a thousand.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, and and you can see as our attendance, that's yeah amazing that that there's that much money to do it. As a matter of fact, after that flood, we. Uh, we got letters from some of the sister churches and sent checks to us and they said, well, send them back. I thought, send them back? Why don't we use that? We didn't need it.
0: We didn't need it. That's, that's good for them to realize that. Sometimes churches or missions or missionaries uh, or preachers will take money that they really don't need. Now, my grandfather had a saying, if someone brings you a bag of tomatoes in the morning and another church member brings you a bag in the evening, you get that first bag sitting by the door, take your foot and scoop the bag behind the door because you don't want to take away their blessing. Right. They wanna, and he said, then if you need to, after you've, after you've stewed all the tomatoes and then everything you can do, then find somebody else who needs tomatoes and quietly go give them tomatoes. Right. But he said, don't take away their, their yes. blessing. But I, I think it's nice to be honest too, and say in mission work we've done new church work, and we've, when we got to a point in any new church work we did, where we didn't need the, that support, we were very quick to let the people know that we didn't need the support. We felt like it was dis, dishonest to to take it. Right. And some of them want to continue to support us for a while longer. They said we we want to be a part of it, and so we want to continue, and that's fine, long as they understand that we're we're doing okay. Sure. And. Uh, so two churches for, so you could almost say that you served two churches for 87 years and you're 82 years old. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you did that, you know, uh, I, I've interviewed, the, the oldest preacher I've interviewed is 92. Oh, wow. And uh, he's Brother Bliffin. He's still preaching down in, in uh, Florida. And I've, in our travels, I've run across several <laughs> preachers who are up there in their eighties and nineties. And it's always an inspiration to me. Uh, I'm I'm certainly not as young as I was when I started doing this. And uh, I could retire in the next couple of years, but uh, Lord willing, and I always say it, Lord willing, I don't intend to. Right. I, I love what God has called me to do. And as long as I'm able to do it and do it uh, in a way that I think would please God, I'm gonna keep on doing it. and. Uh, hopefully if i'm doing it in a way that that wouldn't please god and and uh beth will just be honest with me and tell me it's time to cut that out but uh you you have i don't know uh, i'd like to know if you want to share it you've had a quite a loss in the last few years since i was with you uh that uh you lost your wife yeah and it was rather sudden was it not?
1: Yeah. She was in church here in the morning and in the afternoon. She had gone. Uh, she was... Uh, now, you didn't mention her name earlier. Donna. Donna, yeah. Uh, we called her D. She was at church here yeah. with me in the morning. and On the way home, she says... Uh, I was thinking, she said, Could, couldn't we do something different today? And I said... Fine with me, what do you want to do? Well, she said, let's go up to Madisonville at the Prima Marina restaurant. I said, sounds good to me. And so Dawn was, we, we picked up Dawn. And, Your daughter? No, Dawn Hitchcock.
0: Oh, Don, Don oh, I'm sorry, you said, I no. got it.
1: Right. Uh, we picked up Dawn Hitchcock. We take him to, almost every Sunday, we take him out to dinner. So we went up to Premium Marina and, and uh, had a good meal, and, and we were coming back home, and it was just almost to home. And I saw her holding her head, and I said, you got a headache? And she said, yeah, I got a terrible headache all of a sudden. And uh, I said, Do you have anything to take? And she said, not with me. She says, let me off at the house before you take Dawn dog home. So I dropped her off at the house and we took Dawn home and hurried back and went in. And she said, she said, I have trying to lay down, but I can't, this is just a splitting headache. And uh, I said, well, anything, we can only check two things at home. We can check her blood sugar, check it, it was normal. And tried to take her blood pressure and it was higher than our machine could read. And I said, you gotta go to uh, the emergency room and she says I gotta go to the bathroom first, and she went to the bathroom, and that was it. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, So they said it was either uh, uh, aneurysm mm-hmm. a aneurysm or a severe stroke, but, uh, yeah, in the brain, And the I think it was the left side of the brain. It was so bad it pushed the whole left side of the brain over to the right side. Of the brain. So there was just no hope whatsoever. Very quick. We, uh, yeah, that was very quick. But we, they lifelied her to uh, Morgantown and we kept her on the respirator for, I don't know, about a week. Because my one daughter uh, kept saying that she saw things that nobody else saw. Mm-hmm. They said there wasn't, uh, and they told us that there was absolutely nothing could help her. But they said, we'll keep her on life for as long as you want to. And uh, and so finally, it was, my second daughter uh, gave up too. She didn't want to, but she gave up and we had to, had to let her go. So we were married, the uh, hmm, 61 to, I don't know, 50, 57 years, I think it was. 57 years. A long time.
0: And she was quite a helpmeet in the church, wasn't she?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, she was a a great... uh... Yeah. When we were in Martinsville, she played in the handbells and she was head of their BBS and uh, all kinds of stuff. And here,
0: uh, Beth really enjoyed, we were talking about this before the program, Beth really enjoyed working in the kitchen after the evening fellowships with her. We were here last time. They just got along great, and, and uh, we always admire when there's a preacher's wife in her just giving it everything they've got. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: she did. And she, she canned good uh, green beans, and every time they had a funeral or dinner or anything, they always called on her to make the green beans. But, yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's been sad and lonely without her. It's been three to four years. It, it was it was three years in March.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, I got me a dog.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, it's a German Shepherd. So I said she's my protection, you know, and my sounding board. But, yeah.
0: After all these years here, and uh, as a as a fill-in preacher, <laughs> um, you've seen a lot of changes.
1: Oh yeah.
0: And even though this is still a country church, and Proctor's still a country church, and and uh, uh, more country than a lot of churches think they're country churches, it it, it is. But you've seen a lot of changes. and You've seen a lot of things happening in the church and in the world, and and uh, with preachers, uh, just. Uh, to ask you a question that I ask, I guess just almost everyone, if I have time, and I've got time today. Three-point question: You can answer them separately, or all at once, or just say I don't know. It's all right with me. What do you see as the greatest challenges going forward from today for uh, the church, or individual Christians, and/or individual Christians and preachers from th- today forward?
1: I think it's a, a lot about what you talked about this morning. Uh, everybody wanted to follow the crowd, so to speak, mm-hmm. instead of following the Lord. And uh, there's so many, so many people. And it's everything against the church. Uh Schools used to be; they didn't schedule anything uh, yeah. on Sunday or Wednesday night. And now, my golly, uh, they're full of schedule yeah. on Sunday and Wednesday night. Ball
0: tournaments go start early Sunday morning, go all day long. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing that we used to uh, the church, the school, and the government work together as like a national consortium absolutely. to to instill christian values and now that's illegal you know at least yeah. in their minds it's yeah. illegal it's not illegal according to the constitution uh, of the united states yeah. and certainly for a christian it's never illegal Mm-mm. that's what we're supposed to be doing absolutely uh, we obey god or men
1: and i i choose god yeah and yeah. 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 too many are eh, wishy-washy yeah, yeah. I, I choose god when I want to choose God, you know, when He's convenient. When it's convenient to choose God, and that's not the way that He meant it to be. Hmm. Uh, Broad is uh, the way to release to destruction. There is a to, and uh, so the, yeah, that's uh, and and we're losing ministers left and right, and uh, we got more churches open now. And we have ministers to fill them. Yes. And uh, what's that going to do? It's just going to hurt more and more and more. So
0: many uh, parents, grandparents, uh, if they if they've got a, a son or grandson that's passionate about being a Christian, passionate about he wants to preach the gospel. Well, there's better jobs, and you you know you won't well, you won't better get a yeah. yeah won't get any retirement out of that. Well. Uh, some denominations may have good retirement plans. Yes, uh, uh, in, in the independent Christian churches, there are some programs, but it's really everyone for themselves, you know, but it's really God for everyone. And we have a retirement program. It's just out of this world. Ah, and, and uh, but so many are dissuading and I'm always telling people, don't, don't do that because this is about eternity. This is about souls. And if we, if you stop a son or a grandson from preaching, how many souls will go to hell? Because he did, And maybe he'll reach three or four in his entire lifetime, but one of those will reach 1,000, 10,000. You just never know. But God has a plan, and we don't need to... You get in front of that plan, and you're liable to get mowed down.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I've always said, if I can just save one soul from yeah. hellfire, my ministry would be worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you what, you've done a lot more than that. And you've done a, you, you've just got such a wonderful, pleasant, kind spirit. And I knew that from the first time I met you. I think that was at probably at Payton City. Yeah, I was doing revivals at Payton City. And y'all came to Payton City to yeah. revivals several times. And I kept thinking, you know, maybe they'll get us to come out there. And, and y'all were kind of hesitant. But you told me later it's because you thought I wouldn't want to come out way out here in the woods to a little bitty church
1: right and and the second thing was I was wanting to run it by my elders because <laughs> you know preachers don't run the church they're not supposed to they're right supposed I agree with that I agree and, with that sure yeah and you twisted my arm the first time and <laughs> to get brother Greg out here yeah and I'd never heard Greg yeah and yep. you said well I guarantee you're gonna like him
0: you didn't like him and, at all did you and you
1: <laughs> and you were right <laughs> Your guarantee was
0: worthwhile. Well, I couldn't, once you got an okay, I couldn't get out here for so long. And Greg, that was about time Greg was new.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I I do remember I was at Payton City. You told me where the church was and it was hard to find. And it took me, I think I came out here two different days till I found it, got the coordinates, put it on the GPS so I could send it to Greg and say, this is where it's at, Greg. And you took
1: a picture of it.
0: Yes, it. I did. And when, when Greg came out, after Greg had been here, he gave me directions on how to find my way back out here because I had to come from a different direction. And, and uh, it's uh, like we say, it's not did, an easy place did to Did he find.
1: give you those directions that came over the hill? No, yeah. no. That,
0: <laughs> I'll tell our listeners about this. We, uh, this is one of my stories, but it has to do with your, your congregation yeah, here. Right. We had, when I'd first come out here to find the church for Brother Greg, which was, I don't know, six months or a year before he was to come, I came from Payton City which was uh, out by the river, by the Ohio River. And when I spoke with Greg before I came, he had stayed over uh, uh, down the valley and out, Peyton City's to the west. He stayed to the east about 16 miles, found in this little bitty town, found a to sleep in because there's so much oil exploration and stuff going on. And he said, there'd be a good place to stay. So I stayed there, but I thought, I don't know how to find it because there's nothing on the map. So he gave me some directions, and we came through the valley and past the the house with a, you know, we'll shoot you deep, shoot (laughs) you dead, bury you deep. And I think we came out Saturday night and Sunday morning that way. And I think it was Sunday afternoon that I told Beth, I said, let's, the GPS is directing me another way. So let's take a look. She said, well, now you know where you're going. Once you've found your way, you can usually drive it. And I said, well, I know, but this might be a better way. So the road looked good. It was wide and well paved, went up over a mountain. I said, well, you know, I see it right here on the GPS where the church is at. And it turns out we got to the top of that mountain after a couple of mountains, we got to the top and we were gonna be late if we didn't get here. And got to the top and the road split up and, and went up a little ways up the hill on both sides. And it was no trespassing, it was Wells. And, and there was a guy sitting in a truck there and uh, in, in between the two. So I drove over to him. He stepped out of the truck with a big grin on his face and said, you're lost, aren't you? <laughs> I said, well, yes, sir. He said, you're following your GPS, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. He said, where you need to go? And I showed him the church house on the on, building. He said, well, most people who come up here and they're lost. They're needing to go that way. And said, that's where I want to go. He said, there's your road over there. And I couldn't see it. And you go over to the end of the pavement and it just dropped sharply down. And it was one switch back after another. It was, it was washouts. And the... I'm telling you it was it was scary it, and I thought if any of these trucks which I didn't know they didn't use that road if these trucks try to come up this road in these workers trucks there's no place to go no place and to we go. were in a van and I told Beth that's why I, I really miss our, our, our SUV but anyway uh, we get down we got to some pavement I said well maybe we're there and nope, we had a little bit of pavement and then we got back on more dirt road and here's a burnout church building an old cemetery and one thing another and I said I still see it on the GPS, we we're gonna get there. And we finally pulled along the side of the building from the back side, backed up, Beth said, Well, I believe you're gonna to have to come over here and help unglue my hands from this door. And I told her I couldn't because somebody had to pry my hands off the steering wheel. That was we've been we've been on some scary roads, but that one is up in the top five yeah. of the scary And people down here said, We didn't even know that road was still there.
1: I didn't know you could get across
0: the. Top. Well, you can, but you sure don't want to try if you don't have to. And we, we're not going to do, make that mistake again. Well, I've enjoyed visiting with you today. It, it's, it's been a good visit, and I've certainly learned a lot more about you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share? All right. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.